0: We're in a series called Fruit of the Spirit, Fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, we read, we, we read when, when you follow the Spirit's leading in your life, when you walk in step with the Spirit, there's a fruit that's produced, and this fruit looks like, uh, it smells like, it tastes like this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's the fruit of the Spirit. When we follow the Spirit's leading in our life, that, that's the fruit that's produced in us and through, through us in our lives. And it's nine, nine parts to the fruit of the Spirit that we've been looking at throughout this series. It's one fruit, but there are nine parts, and we've been taking time to look at each part of the fruit of the Spirit, each of the nine parts. Today, we're gonna look at this part of the fruit of the Spirit, goodness, goodness. Really? Goodness? I mean, seriously? I mean, isn't goodness kind of meh? Like meh. That's how you say it, meh. Isn't goodness like vanilla, when you, when you could have you know, double mocha chocolate almond fudge with marshmallows and whipped cream and a cherry on top, like isn't that just goodness kind of vanilla? Isn't goodness like a stepping stone or, or a leg of the journey on the way to something much better, greatness? Right? Isn't goodness just, just a means to an end, a greater end? Some of you maybe have heard of the book, Good to Great. Right? In that book, it says that, that good is the enemy of great. You're settling for good when you could have greatness. I mean, isn't goodness you know, just, just a step along the way? It's not, it's not a, an end to itself. Is it good, goodness, good? It's not, a, it's not the goal, goodness. It's always something more than goodness, isn't it? Not according to God's word. In fact, one of the, one of the greatest surprises or shock, shockers in scripture is that goodness often is the goal? goodness is, is, a, is the goal for who for God for for us, for the world, goodness is the goal. It was the goal for God with creation, the very beginning in Genesis chapter one, God creates the world in six days, and at the end of each day, as he creates that part of the universe and the world, he says. It says, God saw that it was good. It doesn't go on to say, it was good for now. But you know, tomorrow he was gonna really get to work on it and make it great. It's good. Like good, good was good enough. Goodness. Creation, the, the word there, the Hebrew word is, is tov. Can you say that with me? Tov. Tov means pleasing or delightful or harmonious or right. It's good. Tov. God's goal for creation. It was an end to itself. The goal, goodness. It's his goal for the world. It's also God's goal for worship. We're having a weekend of worship here at Hosanna. And in many ways, you could say the goal of worship when we get together to worship, when we worship in our own life. The goal is goodness. We see this very early on in Scripture. In fact, in Second Chronicles chapter five, there there is an account of the inaugural worship service of of Solomon's in Solomon's temple. King Solomon, this wise king, he accomplished magnificent things as king, but his crowning achievement was probably the, the completion, the building and completion of this temple in Jerusalem. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, we get to read about the inaugural worship service. You can read it the whole chapter on your own time. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, the priests and the worship leaders, the musicians, get everything ready. And then in verse 13, we read this. The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison or in one voice. Oh, what can happen when God's people worship, praise him together in one voice, in one accord. In unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. Now, just stop here for a second. What do we expect them to say? What do we expect them to praise God for? His greatness. You're the best God. You are number one God. Here's what they say. The verse keeps going. Verse 13. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. They praise God, first and foremost, for his goodness in worship. He's good. He's tov. He's delightful. He's pleasing. He's harmonious. He's right. Everything's right about who God is. And when they praise God for his goodness, when they express his goodness, here's what happens. Keep going in in that verse. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priest could not continue their service because of the cloud. There's a goal for us. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Follow this. They express the goodness of God. They they express to God, you are good. And what happens? God's presence, his glory fills the room. His goodness consumes the room. It becomes so thick they have to shut things down because his goodness is so overwhelming and consuming in that space. The goal of worship in so many ways is goodness, an end to itself. In fact, I thought of this as just a simple diagram that as we worship, we can think about worship this way. We're expressing God's goodness and we're experiencing God's goodness. And it's circular, we're expressing, God, you are good, you are good. And then he, as his people come together in one voice, and one accord, it fills the room. His presence consumes us, the space is goodness, it's good. In many, many ways, the goal of worship is goodness. And in many ways, the goal of our lives is worship. Romans 12 says that we are to this is our spiritual act of worship, that we would offer our bodies as living sacrifices, our whole selves, our whole lives. And what we do during a time like this is a microcosm. It's practice for the, the rest of our lives. Microcosm of the rest of our lives. Then let's follow that, that that circular pattern. What should the rest of our lives look like then? Expressing God's goodness. Telling God, you are good, you are good. And then experiencing God's goodness, expressing his goodness to God and to others, expressing his goodness. I really believe that, that one of the primary goals for our lives, for humanity, is that, that we would begin to worship him this way, live our lives this way, expressing his goodness, experiencing his goodness, because God through us wants to, here's what he wants to do, catch this, he wants to make the world good again. He wants to make the world good again, tove again, right again, harmonious, pleasing, delightful. And he wants to use you and me as we experience his goodness and express his goodness. He wants to make the world good again. Why is why is God, God's goodness so good? I'm glad you asked, thank you. God's goodness is so good because it's all good. That seems kind of circular. God's goodness is so good because it's all good, that word all. God's goodness, he's good to all people. He expresses goodness to all people. He, he works for the good in all things. And, and thirdly, his goodness follows of us all the days of our lives. God's goodness is all good. Let's talk about each one of those for a moment so we can just let God's goodness soak even more into our souls. What does it mean that God's goodness is good? He's good to all people. How do we know that? Because he tells us in his word. Psalm 145 verse nine says that he is good to all people. and the Hebrew for all, there means all, all. He's good to all people, regardless of nationality, regardless of political party, regardless of which football team you cheer for. That's coming, isn't it? Get ready. Regardless of whether people worship him or not, regardless of whether people like him or not or even acknowledge him or not, he is good to all people. The rest of that verse goes on and says, he showers compassion on everyone. He's good to all people. His goodness knows no bounds in terms of who he wants to express his goodness to. And if the fruit of the spirit is growing in us, and it should, as as followers of Jesus, we are are growing, cultivating the fruit of the spirit. It's it's being produced more and more in our lives. It means that this kind of goodness is also growing in us. That increasingly, if we're growing in our faith, we, we would see this as a marker that we are good to all people. Whether they're like us or not, whether they like us or not. If God's spirit is producing this fruit in us, we are increasingly good to all people because that's who he is. It's good to all people. Secondly, he works for the good in all things. Haven't we all had an experience like this where, where we would say this, as we look back on an experience, we would say, no, I would never wanna go through that again, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Nod your heads if you can relate to that. I can Because... God had worked for the good in that situation, even though it was hard. He works for the good in all things for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Notice it's not, he works for perfection in the lives of people who love him and been called according to his purpose. He works for the good, Tove And I tell couples when I do weddings, because they, they're really uptight usually, couples when they're getting married, like I want everything to be perfect, perfect wedding. And I say, you know what? That's not the goal. The goal is that you would have a good wedding that it would be just right. Let go of that expectation of perfection. It's gonna be good. Even if things don't go exactly right, it's gonna be good. Some of you are thinking right now, well, it's not so good in my life right now. I'm going through some pretty tough stuff. My life, I would say there's a lot of bad right now. And if that's you, my heart goes out to you, but you hear this. This promise still holds true for you, that, that God is working it out, that God's goodness is a work in progress in your life right now. You may not see the end result, but God is working it out. It's a work, there's a, pr- a promise here that it is being worked out even now, no matter what you're going through. And then secondly, this promise of God's goodness in all things for those who love him, it's a future hope. It's a future promise. Another verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know of the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Good plans, good plans for a hope and a future. Good plans. I heard someone say recently, if it ain't good, God ain't done. If it ain't good, God ain't done because he is always working things out for the good. Even when this life is done, it's not done. In fact, it is just the beginning of infinite Goodness, if we are in Christ Jesus, He's working things out for the good. And then, lastly, God's goodness is all good because He and His goodness follows us all the days of our lives. Do you ever feel like someone's following you? The other day I was out walking and I was like, Someone's following me. Turns out there was someone following me. It's true with God, too. He's always following you, His goodness is always pursuing you. Someone uh, came up with this term for God. He's the hound of heaven. because he's coming after you, he's, you can feel his breath, the panting of his, As he chases after you, his goodness is coming after you. It's running after you all the days of your, of, of your life. But at some point, you gotta turn around to see it. You gotta see it. A couple of ways. You gotta look back in the past. Our, our family is not tech tech savvy. Uh, but we finally figured out, we figured it out, how to get pictures up on our TV as a screensaver. We put thousands of pictures up there and we see all these memories and these trips and and of course you don't take pictures of the bad stuff, do you? You don't, right? But God's goodness works that way too. It's like it washes some of that out and, and you're able to see the goodness. You're able to see how he's been good to you. His goodness has been following us as we look at some of those memories. The other way we have to turn back is to turn back and just see him and head on, face to face, see him in all of his goodness pursuing you and say, yes, I want to receive that goodness. I want to embrace that goodness. I want the goodness of God to be the goal of my life. And it starts by looking him in the eye. Yes, because he's good to all people, including you. And he's, and he's coming after you in his goodness. He wants it to be the goal of your life so he can make your life good again and make the world good again through you. So if goodness is the goal, it means a couple of things, just closing thoughts. One is if goodness is the goal, then perfection's not, phew. Perfection's not the goal. Goodness is the goal. You say good is the enemy of great? I think great sometimes is the enemy of good pursuing greatness. We'll step on people. We'll do whatever it takes to get to greatness. Goodness. Goodness. Would you just rest in that? I don't know about you, but I can't be a perfect person, a perfect dad, a perfect husband, a perfect pastor, but, but the thought that I could be good, a good dad, a good husband, a good pastor. Just rest in that goodness. Second thing it means if we're going to cultivate goodness, grow in goodness, make goodness the goal of our lives, then we have to focus on the source. We've got to turn around, stare goodness in the face, say, That's my goal. That's what it looks like because God is so good. And draw from that source and focus on that source. And in that circle again, express His goodness, experience His goodness, worship Him. You know, Scripture makes it very clear we become what we worship. Whether that's something or someone other than God, whether it's a false understanding of who God is, a false view of God, we become that. If we worship God in all his goodness, we start to become that. That's what's happening today in this weekend of worship. Becoming more like him. It's good. We're going to do that in a little bit. But before that, we are going to remember maybe the pinnacle of his goodness. The sacrament of communion that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and then his one and only son goes to the cross and takes on all the sin and brokenness and fallenness and the bad. The cross. Sacrifice and then the resurrection overcomes it all so so that we can come into the the presence, the goodness of God fully, freely, freely, forgiven, forever, infinite goodness. And so that we can be those vessels, the conduit of God's goodness as he makes the world good again through us. And we're gonna remember that, the pinnacle of God's goodness. And then we're gonna worship some more. But right now I wanna pray for you that this would land where it needs to land, in your heart, your soul, your house. God, you are good, you are good. You're so good. You've been so, so good. Thank you that you are good to all people, even people like us. Your goodness expressed to us. Thank you that you work for the good in all things. Some of us can look back and see that. Some of us have to claim that as a promise in progress. Some of us have to claim it as a future hope, but you work for the good. We're gonna stand on that truth and that promise and that you And your goodness, you're following us all the days of our lives. I can feel your breath. And now we want to turn around. We want to stare you, we want to stare goodness in, in in the face and receive all that you have for us, all the goodness as we worship you, as we remember what you've done for us and all your goodness. You're good. Fill us with your goodness. Holy Spirit, come now make possible what only you can do through your Holy Spirit. And then we boldly pray that you would make this world good again. Jesus, it's in your name we pray and all God's people said, amen.